Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is episode 47, Working with Gen Z Clients. Gen Z is the generation after millennials and they are just starting to come into adulthood, which means they will be our wedding clients very soon. It's time to start learning all about Gen Z, how they are different from past generations, and what it all means for your marketing strategy. Let's go. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you wedding rock star work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rock Your Wedding Biz. This is Mindy Marzek, and I'm here, as always, with Renee Dallow. Hi, Renee. Hi, hi, everybody. So today we are talking about Generation Z. Gen Z. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, what the heck is that? I just What's a Gen Z? how to market to millennials. And now you guys are switching it up on me. Ah, we're, listen, <laughs> we're just trying to keep you ahead of the curve, everybody. We are. And, you know, Gen Z is the generation after millennials and they are getting older and they are getting to the point. Well, you know, the oldest ones are already at the point where they are planning weddings. So it's time to figure out how to work with these clients, Gen Z clients, and how to market to them. Absolutely. And for those of you listening who are like, oh, is Gen Z just as bad as millennials? We're not going to get into like our personal feelings about these uh, these groups because, yeah, you know, don't email us. Yeah. Don't email us about like, oh, millennials. Here's the thing. Millennials are our clients and we love them. And, you know, I don't know about you, Min, but I, I'm like a Gen Xer. And uh, yeah, or, and or like X. somewhere in the middle of that. And like we got a bad rap, too, in our day. So it always happens. Yeah. And, you know, we know lots of people in the millennial generation who are our dear friends. And they're lovely. And they're not they're any of the things people. that, you know, that uh, society says they are. <laughs> yeah, we're going to just a fair warning. We're going to talk a little bit in broad brush strokes with this sure. uh, episode. Um, but yes, I mean, we'll get to some of the details a little later, but Gen Z is shaping up to have a very different uh, mindset and attitude than millennials were. And actually, a lot of people are comparing Gen Z to Gen X mm -hmm. as having a lot of uh, similarities. So what is Gen Z? What, what are we talking about here? People born between what, roughly? So according to, and we'll just say that a lot of the data that we're getting is from a website called genhq.com. Uh, they have been doing a lot of research about Gen Z. According to them, Gen Z is born between 1996 and roughly 2015. It'll take a few years for them to like really kind of pick where the generational divide lands. But right now they're saying 2015. And so that means the oldest Gen Zers are like 23-ish. Yeah, which is wedding, you know, yeah, it's getting, getting married soon-ish. Yeah. So uh, that's why it's important. You know, they're just coming to the age where they're perhaps starting to plan weddings. A few of them obviously probably already 
are getting married. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if if the average, I think the last time I checked one of those statistics, it's like the average bride is in her early 30s or late 20s. I like think it's late 20s, yeah. Yeah, 28 to 31 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they're they're getting there and it's time to start marketing to this age group. Yeah. So what was the interesting thing that I found when we did when we were looking through this research is that all Generation Z, they've been they've been raised with media. So they are the first generation oh, yeah. that is they're true digital natives. 74% of their time is spent online. They these guys don't remember a time before we had cell phones. Yeah. They don't know what it's like to like walk around on a telephone with a cord on it. <laughs> Yeah, or just not have a telephone that you could carry with you everywhere. In their pocket, yeah. So they definitely were raised on mobile devices. A lot of them, uh, one of the statistics that I remember reading was that they go to YouTube a lot. Like if they have a question, if they want to know something, if they have uh, a question about something, if they want to learn something, they go to YouTube. That's the first thing they do. Yeah, even more than Google. Yeah. I think my generation immediately goes to Google. And I would even say, I think millennials do as well, but the Gen Zers are going right to YouTube. And it makes sense because I know that like my friends who have younger, young children right now, their entertainment is on YouTube. So Mm -hmm. if they're watching some, you know, some YouTube channel that they've been watching since they were a kid, it's like, that's their place. That's where they go. So for those of you who want, who want to get into digital marketing to Gen Z, start a YouTube channel. Yeah, or at least get proficient with video. Yeah, because they're very into video. They're used to watching videos. And I feel like, you know, we've been talking for ages that video is kind of the way of the future. Um, You know, you can do videos on Instagram, you can do live streams on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But and I, I really think that's why it's because this next generation was raised, literally raised watching videos for everything. So that's what they're used to. That's what they're comfortable with. And they're the most tech savvy generation. I think they're also the generation that can most smell BS. So I think they can mm-hmm. smell inauthenticity more than anything anyone else. Don't you think? Yeah, you make a good point. That seems that seems very very likely. Like they're they've grown up with advertising on their on their social mm-hmm. media, and they can tell when something is real and when something is not. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then also another fascinating, you know, just thing to think about is that like the Gen Gen Zers, they were raised with diversity. Like they grew up with an African-American president. Oh, yeah. They don't know a time where, you know, that was when electing an African-American president was like life changing and like like a new era of our country. Like to them, it's normal. The studies show that they will be the most multicultural group in our history. And for them, like race and gender identity, those aren't like issues. Like they're just chill about it. Right. Like, right. Right. And so like the older generations who are all up in a tizzy about, you know, pronouns and transgender issues. It's like for Gen Z, they're like, yeah, that's just what we grew up with. Like it's normal to them. It doesn't seem like any anything to be debated, really. Yeah. So when, you know, when marketing to Gen Z, you have to keep in mind that diversity to them is normal. So you don't really make a big deal about um, gay weddings. Yeah, they're just weddings. P.S. Everything's just just weddings. I mean, we feel the same way. But it's even more important to keep that in mind with your going forward with marketing that Gen Z just doesn't care about any type of like thing that 
someone in Gen X might think is a little weird or controversial or controversial, shrug, whatever, you know, like they expect to see diversity in your marketing. They expect that their vendors will be open and loving to all. They, they just have that expectation that everyone thinks like them, which I think every generation does, but for Gen Zers, it's like, they've lived in a, in a place of like full technological possibility. Yeah. And I mean, think about it, just having the, the world at your fingertips through the internet and growing up like that, like, of course, they're, they're more diverse. And of course, they're more savvy when it comes to that, compared to people who didn't have the internet when they were growing up and kind of grew up in their own little bubble. Absolutely. And then like, you know, the word on the street about millennials, or like the stereotype about millennials, because I don't <laughs> consider millennials this way, but the the stereotype about millennials, you know, is that they're viewed as lazy and entitled and, you know, living with their parents and like not mm-hmm. buying houses, which is like a whole other, that's a whole other Oprah we can get into. But the research on Gen Z is that they tend to be more hardworking and extremely charitable. Yeah, it's again, and this is kind of where it comes into the um, comparison to Gen X, who, you know, after the baby boomers, Gen X you know, came, came into uh, their own in like the Mm eighties when it was like a huge, there was a huge boom for companies and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, And it seems like Gen Z is kind of following in that footsteps a little bit. Yeah. I mean, one of the stats that we read on, on that website is that 77% of Gen Z, which for right now is like ages 15 to 22, they currently earn their own spending money. So we're talking about 77% of them don't rely on their parents for money, even at this young age. Yeah, they want to be working. They understand the value of a dollar. They understand that hard work equals reward. So it seems it just yeah, it just seems a little bit different from millennials that have that, you know, sometimes very unfair reputation Mm -hmm. um, as feeling like they just should have everything handed to them. Gen Z is like the complete opposite. Yeah, they're like, let's work for it. And so many of them are starting their own businesses pretty early. So when you consider that some of your future clients might also be business owners, Mm -hmm. now we're talking about like maybe they're YouTubers or maybe they have an Etsy shop. Um, It might not be the same, you know, service-based industries like most of our wedding pros out there. But if you consider that, then it's like they're going to have their own ideas and their own um, philosophies on how a business should run and business ethics and how they should be like marketed to and sold to. So the game is going to change. Yeah. And I think that it's very interesting that they're labeled as charitable. Like they're very, um, they're very interested in making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And they're very interested in seeing some of their dollars go to good causes. And I, there's something I wanted to bring up, Renee, and you can talk about it or not talk about it. But don't you don't make a donation to a charity every time you get a new client? Or, or I know that you yeah. had you did something like that. Yeah, that's one of the core values of Moxie Bright uh, is that we make a donation for every wedding that we book. So. Originally, when I started the business, I was doing it through Kiva.org, and we can link to them in the comments. They're a, a really great, um, you know, nonprofit that does micro loans to third. They started just doing third world countries, and then now it's expanded to everywhere across the world. I mean, you can make a micro loan to someone in the U.S. at this point. Um, and the micro loans, you know, the the donation starts as little as twenty five dollars with mm-hmm. Kiva. So that's what I was doing when we started, and then. Um, I know we don't get political on the podcast, but um, once the uh, most recent election took place, I started diversifying how I was donating that money. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started donating a little bit to ACLU and she should run 
and some other platforms that I know mean are meaningful to myself and uh, and my clients. So I still do Kiva, but I I kind of break it up a little bit. So we're we're um, supporting more than one charity mm-hmm. uh, as the years go on. And then you know if I book a client and they um, they want a specific charity donated to, you know I've I of course would do that as well. So yeah, we kind of do a one for one. You know, for every wedding we book, we do a little donation, and it just makes me feel just makes me feel good that some of the money that I'm making is going back to people who need it. And specifically on Kiva, I mean, this is speaking to my own ethics, but like I donate to other female entrepreneurs, even if they're in, you know, Africa and their businesses, like they own cows, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm giving to another female because that's what's important to me. And I know that you don't do it from a marketing standpoint, but the research that we're reading is that these things are very important to Gen Z. And that could be a reason if, if all things are equal between one planner and another planner and another, and one planner is also making charitable donations, then it could be the thing that, that pushes them to, to book. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's not something that I, it's funny. I don't really talk about it in the consult. It's on my website. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people mention it to me, but then oftentimes after I book a client, when I do a little like welcome announcement to them on my Facebook page, I will say like, and in keeping with our company, you know, you know, a company core value of philanthropy, like we've made a donation in this client's name to she should run or whatever. And then they see it after the fact. And so, um, you know, I don't love, like, I don't want to push it as like, I don't know. I feel strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel pushing it makes it feel weird and a little cheap, but it is something that's important to me. and, And, you know, I can't wait for the day where I'm a bajillionaire and I can give away all my money. Right. And this is something you've been doing from from the beginning. It's not like a, yeah. it's not like a thing that you read about. And, and no, yeah. I did it before I could honestly afford it to be, to be true. Like there were moments where I was, you know, charging a few hundred dollars for a wedding and giving, you know, $50 to Kiva. And I was like, what am I doing? But it felt good. And that was what's important to me. So. Well, good, good. Yeah. Well, obviously it feels good to Gen Zers as well, because that's something that was mentioned in their statistics is that they're very charitable. So aside from all that, uh, we want to talk about um, purchasing influence. Mm. Uh, who does Gen Z look to when they want to make purchasing decisions? Because this is obviously something that's really important to people in the wedding industry when it comes to referrals, right? Yeah. So the studies show the study shows that forty eight percent of them will will rely on experiences of their friends and family over online reviews. Yeah. So it's true word of mouth. Oh, so much word of mouth. And that if that's just so important. It's important to, you know, once you have a client, a lot of people, I think, just like, okay, I'm done with that client. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is showing that it's just so important to keep that relationship going. Like I'd, if it's via an email list or if it's just following up with them every now and then, being their friend on Facebook or following them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's just so important to spend time continuing that client relationship even after the wedding day is over. Yeah, because you want to stay top of mind and you want the relationship to continue, even though it's going kind of on a back burner relationship, right? Like you're not going to talk to them every every week like you were when they were your client, but you've got to still be somewhere simmering in their in the back of their mind, right? And because then you want, I mean, that's gold. That word of mouth recommendation is gold. Um, Second in line to Gen Z though is the online reviews plus influencers. 
Which is different because what they're saying is that millennials uh, are influenced by reviews and celebrities, that we're going to see the the celebrity power diminish with Gen Z. And it's going to be more about like real, real people, <laughs> yeah, real people uh, on social media. Perhaps it's someone who's like a micro celebrity in sure. their niche, but it looks like that, yeah, about 20% of the people polled said that they turned to online influencers when making a purchasing decision. So it's not just the wedding industry, it's for everything, but that's just how their mind works. Like that's, again, this is how they grew up. They grew up with Instagram influencers being a totally normal thing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's such a strange thing for me because it's like I look at Instagram influencers and some of them I'm like, you seem legit and authentic. And some I'm like, oh, people are following you. But and I think that Gen Z is have the same you know, they have the same nose for that where they can tell what's authentic and what's not. But I feel like with celebrities, you know, what they say about Gen Z is that they really prefer um, like a realistic view of the world as opposed to millennials who they say have a more optimistic outlook. So I think that's why we're going to see this diminishing return on celebrity endorsements, because in reality, everyone knows those celebrities aren't living the same lives as you and me. Right. And I, yeah, people are catching on. The the kids are catching on. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. So I guess the question really is how do we market to Gen Z? Yeah. How do we get them? How do we get their attention? Exactly. Like what does all this data mean for marketing in the wedding industry? So I think that the first thing we should probably mention is kind of going back to the fact that they are hardworking. And because of that, we might see weddings happening a little later in their life. Like we were talking about Mm -hmm. that average age where you're getting married. It might go up a little bit because if Gen Z is so focused on working and building a career, then getting married might be on the back burner a little bit. Obviously, that's not the case for everybody, but right as an average, we might see that. I see that happening in the trend of my clients even these days with millennials, like older millennials are getting married now. You know, I think that's kind of the way it's going. Yeah, it's just going to seem like it's going to continue or they might be ahead of the game. Right. And they might right. be working harder earlier in their life and feeling like they can settle down earlier. Yeah. Or the or, or that trend might just be because we're in a major city. And I feel like that is also uh, contributes to the older wedding age factor. That's true, too. Yeah. But I mean, again, the oldest Gen Zers are 23 years old. So there's definitely going to be a lot of them getting married soon. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more culturally diverse weddings and a, and a real mix of traditions. Yeah. I think you're right. There's going to be a lot of, you know, I've already been to a few weddings or I've had a few friends getting married where they have like, let's say, for example, Filipino wedding traditions for one side and Spanish wedding traditions for the other side. Like, I just feel like that's going to just be normal. The norm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, when you're thinking about marketing to Gen Z, instead of trying to, you know, show what's quote unquote traditional, right, to show what you think people want to see, it's like, no, now is the time to start highlighting all the diverse cultural weddings that you've done and that you can do a mix of all of these things and that it is, you know, um, second nature to you to, yes. to mix to mix and match these things and to make it all feel um, I hate using the word normal. That's not what I mean, but just like yeah. it's commonplace, you know. Yes, exactly. I know what you mean. 
So I also think that because because Gen Z works hard, understands the value of a dollar, uh, is very charitable, I feel like we're going to see a return to maybe smaller and simpler weddings than millennials had. I, You know what? I agree with that. I also think when you say that, it reminds me um, that the blog A Practical Wedding exists, and we'll link to them in the comments. I feel like Gen Z, they're going to be Googling A Practical Wedding. Yes. Like, there's yeah. not going to be a lot of fluff. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of showy, flashy things. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go with what's meaningful for them. Yes. And then do do without the rest. Yes. Yes. So I think probably... On average, the amount of wedding guests will go down. I think probably, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think that there's going to be less money spent on weddings. But, you know, as inflation continues, I feel like it's not going to the amount spent isn't going to catch up to inflation, if that makes any sense. No, that makes total sense. And it actually makes me think, too, if we're talking about like, you know, conscious consumption, mm-hmm. as we are in a way, um, it makes me think of there is a, a wedding registry that was started by a wedding planner planner named Beth Helmstetter, and it's called The Good Beginning. And mm-hmm. it is a wedding registry where couples can register to accept charitable donations on behalf of the of the nonprofits that they love. Oh, great. So instead of, you know, getting mm-hmm. a traditional gift, a guest can make a donation. Exactly. So instead of getting another toaster that you probably don't need, you can support, you know, the ACLU. And so I think we're going to see a lot more of that. In fact, I see that now with my couples. Most people aren't doing favors. They're not really asking for a ton of of things. They want experiences and they want to make the world a better place. So we'll link to the good beginning in the show notes because it's a really interesting platform, I think. Yeah, I think that's perfect for Gen Z. I think that's the Mm -hmm. way everything is heading. And I also think that, you know, it was the same with millennials. And it's going to be the same with Gen Z, where people are on their own sooner. They're living together before marriage. They're establishing Mm -hmm. their house before uh, having the wedding. And they don't really need the traditional wedding registry. So I think that you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, I also think too, like, as we think about as business owners, like relating to this up and coming generation, I don't know, I think as a business owner, we're going to have to get really self aware of how we are perceived in the marketplace, right? So whether or not like it's your intention to, uh, I don't know, welcoming to all, like, even if that's your intention, right? If you're like, I do weddings for everyone, but on your Instagram, you're only showing, you know, white blonde couples. Yep consider that because the Gen Z is looking, they are so visual, right? They're they're on Instagram all day long. And so they literally are taking into account what you're showing in what you're showing up in, in the world and going, okay, well then you're that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this is the generation that's going to force everyone to um, really act on all their best intentions and really show up uh, in a, in a marketing way that is super authentic. I think that you are absolutely right about that. And you're right. Like these, you know, Gen Z is scrolling the internet all day Mm -hmm. and they, you know, we talked about it before they can see through the BS. So, (laughs) you know, they might, they might pick up on something that you're putting out that you don't even realize that you're putting out. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to really kind of take a look at that and see if you can, make your website, make your social media, um, really reflect your values and so that you can attract those people who share your values. Yeah. I mean, and just think about the, 
the platforms that Gen Z is using, right? Like Gen Z is on Instagram. Like for those of you dragging your feet on Instagram, like now mm -hmm. is the time. I know that it's like one more thing you have to do for your business, but they want to see your beautiful photos. They want to see you engaging, replying to comments. They want to see you on stories. They want to see your face. Yeah, that's another thing about, and it was kind of this way with millennials and it's going to be even more this way with Gen Z where they want to not only just hire a professional, but they want to become friends with you. And a lot of people are resistant to this and I get it, but the more comfortable that you can be with your clients at, at just being yourself and putting yourself out there on social media or, um, you know, uh, uh, even on your website, your about me page, instead of mm -hmm. being very like robotic, you know, yeah. <laughs> make, it fun, make it playful, make it seem like you're the client's new bestie, because that yeah. they really want to make those connections. And that all stems from, again, being raised on mobile devices and growing mm -hmm. up, interacting with people online and feeling like you are friends with people that you haven't even met because you know them from the internet. Yeah. What do you think about Snapchat, man? You think Gen Z is going to, going to, are they big on Snapchat? Or are they still using it? Because isn't everyone on Insta Stories now? Well, no, they're still on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. But I've given up on Snapchat because, frankly, I don't have the time. And from a business standpoint, it's really hard to grow on Snapchat because there's no discovery tool. So oh, right. it's one of those things that's like, okay, I know a lot of friends in the wedding who work in the wedding industry who have like a personal Snapchat. Yeah. But they don't try to make it like a business tool the way that we recommend business owners use Instagram. Yeah. Well, because we have the stats so we can see what's working. Right. So yeah. like on IG stories, you can post live video uh, coverage from weddings. You can, you know, you can actually like, I think you can, right. Can't you create like a, like a, a custom graphic for the, uh, for your client on an IG story? Uh. You might be able to. It's probably not as easy as it is for Snapchat. Mm. I know that you can do uh, custom GIF stickers. That's what I meant. Yes. yes, you can do that. Now I sound like a 90 year old woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also you can post testimonials from your clients on IG stories. You can educate your audience. So like just ever just show your face like I, the thing I think about most with Gen Z is like they're going to want to see us and they're going to want to hear from us like our Video, 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 mm -hmm. video. Mm -hmm. And think about this as marketing. You know, oh, yeah. instead of paying money for a magazine advertisement like people did 10, 20 years ago, you know, think about the time that you're investing into making these connections via social media uh, is part of your marketing. That's the way that it should be looked at. What do you think for people who are listening to us and they're like, oh, my God, I have to start a YouTube channel? Like, oh. what do you think about that? Because I'm really interested in YouTube as a platform, just because I think even if you're posting like client testimonials, um, it could be a way people find you. It could. I don't think that brides and grooms to be are going to YouTube and typing in, how do I find a Los Angeles wedding planner the way that they are on Google? True. So. I think that if you have content ideas and you can execute them properly, then I think a YouTube channel could work in someone's favor. Now, don't just make videos to make videos and have a YouTube presence. You know, you have to have high quality content because YouTube is crowded. That's true. If you can't have high quality content, I would say don't bother. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely something to think about. It's definitely a another avenue that you can use for your marketing. Uh, but I don't think everyone needs to be on YouTube the way I tell people, like everyone needs an email list, everyone needs an Instagram, you know? So, um, I think that if you, if you have the content, do it. But who knows with Gen Z, if in five years, we're going to be like, everyone go get, go to YouTube and make a channel. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) We just never know. I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt. I have a YouTube channel that's fairly neglected because yeah, me too. I just don't have <laughs> and to be honest video is not my strong suit and it would take a lot of time and education for me to make videos that could stand out on that platform mm-hmm. in my niche in my, yeah. my industry so I just don't bother with it mm-hmm. like I said if you I mean if you're a videographer <laughs> yes yeah YouTube you need to be on YouTube <laughs> YouTube TBD. We'll we'll keep you posted <laughs> for Gen Z. But I do think, you know, I think the thing is, and the reason we wanted to do this episode about Gen Z is because I think as business owners, we always have to be looking at what's coming down the pipe for us, right? We always have to try to stay ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that those that that are aware of Gen Z, those that study Gen Z, the ones that understand Gen Z, you're going to be in the best position to dominate the wedding market in like the next five to 10 years. So you don't want to be caught behind it, right? Like, I think that's how we were about millennials. Like millennials happened and we were like, whoa, whoa, what? Well, you know, the internet came along and changed everything very, very rapidly. And so now that we've had a few years with the internet, (laughs) a couple decades, (laughs) we're we're getting comfortable with it. Things are still changing rapidly, but we can kind of keep up with it a little better. So I think that with Gen Z, you're absolutely right. In the next five years or so, we're going to be almost fully marketing to Gen Z. Like oh, yeah. maybe ha- half, 60% of the marketing will be directed to that generation. So it's oh, really yeah. important to start thinking about it now and start really paying attention to your portfolio, to the content that you're putting out there on your website and your social media accounts, and really start thinking about, am I attracting the Gen Z generation, you know, when you think about your ideal client, it might shift in the next couple of years. Oh, no doubt it's going to shift. So this yeah. is just like you said, this is all stuff to kind of prepare you guys. It reminds me of the people who, you know, when the website, or sorry, when the internet came along, they built a website and then didn't change it for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God bless. <laughs> Don't be like that. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Remember those days? Oh, those were fun days. Very cute. When everyone's yes. website was like black and nothing and like had like things that would make you see, yeah. like have a seizure. Black Remember? background with red Comic Sans yes. font. Oh, my God. And oh. spinning flash images. Oh. Yes. Sign my guest book. Sign my guest book. <laughs> See, now we sound like we're 90 years old. Anyone in Gen Z who's listening is going to be like, what are these old ladies talking about? Uh Speaking of uh, of old ladies, this is a different topic, but I'm just going to throw it in here. So I was at a cocktail party last night in my in obviously the wedding industry, and someone said, "Oh my god, I found your podcast, and I love it so much." Oh, um, how do I know when there are new episodes? And I said, "Well, just subscribe." And she's like, "Yeah, but don't I have to pay for it if I subscribe?" And so really? I feel like we've I know I feel like we've never talked about this on the podcast, so I'm just going to throw it in. Uh, you don't have to subscribe, pay if you subscribe. But if you do want to hear us every day when the episode comes out on every Wednesday, just hit that subscribe button on iTunes, y'all. Wow. It's easy and it is free. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was that misconception. 
I don't know if it's common, but I wanted to address it because I looked at her like, are you what? No. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, um, you know, subscribe. It's free. It's free. <laughs> yeah, subscribe. And then you'll always you'll always know. I mean, the funny thing for our end is that we actually can't see how many people are subscribed. So we don't actually know who is and who isn't. But um, it's super easy to subscribe. And then if you're on an iPhone, your iPhone will just automatically update with us every week. And then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, when you open your podcast app, and it's the same with uh, Google, uh, Google Play or Google Podcast, whatever their app mm-hmm. is. It's the same thing. When you open the app, if there's a new episode, it will automatically download if you're subscribed. So, yeah. and it's free. So go ahead and subscribe. Because <laughs> it was, yeah, I was like, uh, what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm glad that you yeah. brought that up in case there was anybody out there who felt the same Just way. Just in case yeah. anyone was wondering. I also felt bad that she thought like we were going to charge some people and it was free for other people. I don't know. Oh. I don't know how that misconception happened. But anyway, I'm here to dispel it. So there you go. It, this is all free for you guys. That's right. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. And and on that same note, you know, subscribe on iTunes or, or Google mm-hmm. Play, wherever you listen. Please join us on Instagram. Join us on Facebook. Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders. Continue the conversation. Give us your thoughts on Gen Z. Any experiences that you've had, any thoughts that you have. If you are mm-hmm. Gen Z and you got it totally wrong. Come tell right. us. <laughs> Come tell the old folks how it really is. Yeah. But please, yeah, please join us. Continue the conversation. And for now, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.